Welcome to Tactical Breakdown. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about an amazing new firearms training technology that was developed by a former combat pilot, Mike Farrell. And I'm excited to jump into this conversation with Mike from 2022's SHOT Show. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Tactical Breakdown podcast on the Islet Network. Your number one resource for law enforcement training. Here is your host, Adam Kanakin. All right, one quick update before we jump into this episode. The 2022 ILET Summit will be taking place September 19th to 23rd, all online this year. It is the last year we are doing it completely online, and you can get access to the entire summit for free. Go to www.iletsummit.com. That's www.iletsummit.com. Links are going to be in the description of the show notes. Make sure to check out the event. Again, register for free. Get access to over a week's worth of training content from some of the top experts and instructors in the world. You can check out the website, find out who the keynotes are, who the speakers are, what subject tracks you're interested in. And of course, if you want ongoing access to all of the amazing training or access to the summits that we've completed previously, you can register as a member of the new ILET Network community. More information on that coming real soon. Let's get into the episode. Hey everyone, Adam Kanakin here with ILED Network. We're at 2022 SHOT Show. I'm sitting with Mike Farrell, the founder of Smart Firearms, uh, a company that we're bringing into ILED. Um, you know, we had some amazing discussions here today. Um, talked with our mutual friends over at Vertra and everybody with ILED knows how tied in we are with them. Um, you guys have created a phenomenal training product. Thank you. Um, you know, and I, I want to talk a bit about the background behind it first. And, and I think it starts with your background because I'm a big fan of, and I'm a big proponent of getting outside of your bubble when it comes to training. Sure. And I think because of your background, it, it led to innovations in creating training products because you don't come tr from a traditional law enforcement firearms training background. Absolutely not. No, so I do not. Let's, let's talk a bit about that. What's your background? Okay, first, first of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to have all these discussions with me. I've learned a lot from you, and uh, I really appreciate you spending the time with us, and thank you very much. Uh, so my background is I I'm, I'm, do not have a law enforcement background. I'm uh, a pilot. been a pilot my whole life uh, since the time I was 18 years old. been involved in training of uh, pilots. And what I always found with, within the training community is we are constantly trying to in a good way, dumb down the job, okay? What I mean is if something's complicated and presents obstacles to getting it done, we try to make that easier on the user. And ultimately, if a lot of things do go wrong and the industry does have an accident, does have a crash, does have something that goes wrong, it is an industry-wide event that we fix it and we never have that accident again. Uh, so we talk to each other. If one airline were to have an incident that forget about an accident, something that almost led to one, everyone will know about it, all right, because they share it. And they will bring experts in from other airlines, and they will talk about how all the airlines can not have that one happen again. So uh, I kind of looked at law enforcement. Uh, I did receive some uh, firearms training as a pilot. Um, so, uh, and when I was there, I was amazed at how uh, 
good the training was. It was great, it was fantastic, but I did start reading up on accidents. You know, a lot of law enforcement firearms accidents and why are they happening? Because the people I'm interfacing with, they're, they're so good, they're so um, uh, committed to doing a good job and I'm reading about all these accidents. What's going on here? Where's the disconnect? And the problem is firearms looks like a simple tool to employ. It really does. It, it's, it's deceptively simple. And if all, if all we were to do, if you and I put up a couple targets uh, 20 feet from us and we were just plinking away, yeah, I guess that's kind of easy, right? It's not that hard. But really the, 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 the job of employment of a weapon um, in anything but that, it's actually very difficult, very hard. And so many things go wrong. So I looked at <coughs> the training um, weapons that were being used. We were just using plastic blue guns, so no workable trigger, no magazine, uh, doesn't interface with any of your laser training systems, all of these type of things. And they were cheap, so that's good. Hard to break, that's good. Um, but they weren't giving the user the, the feedback that they, that they really needed when they were doing things wrong. And definitely not giving the instructors the feedback in some departments, the uh, instructor-student ratio could be eight to one, could be 10 to one. You're not gonna catch it. Um, and any Olympic trainers would tell you, you know what, good reps are great, bad reps are absolutely catastrophic because you almost, you need, depending on people you talk to, you need between 15 and 20 good reps to outdo a one bad repetition. So there's just no time in training for that. And if you have a bad repetition that's not caught, you know what, it, it just goes right back into your toolbox and it comes back to haunt you at the very worst times. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're I talk forever. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. No, absolutely. I we talk about this a lot on the platform and with trainers. We talk about why we create things and how we sure. create them, right? And I think, like you had said, you you identified that there was an issue or there was a there was a gap there somewhere. We know that there's a lot of different types of training pistols absolutely. and training firearms out there, yes. right? Like you had mentioned, blue guns, there's red guns, there's cert. There's all of these different companies, um, but I think what sets you guys aside is you really come from a completely different, you approach the problem from a totally different angle, which I think I think is kind of setting, which is why, you know, when we talked, I was like, well, I got to figure out how to tie in with you guys because it's fundamentally they're, they're kind of minor changes and differences in, in some other training products that we've seen. One of the things that I've noticed though with the pistols is even though there's a minor difference, it can make like the, at the, to the end user at the end of training, that little difference can make is, is the biggest change in that, that learner. Right. So. Absolutely. So do you want to, let's, let's show a little bit about what you have here. Cause I want to, I just want to show people how these things, yeah, obviously you can see here on the table, we have a, a selection of, of probably uh, well-known firearm models. We have the Glocks, we have the, the SIG here. Um, all of these do slightly different things and, and function slightly differently. Um, why don't we just talk about some of the key components of the stuff that the guns that you've made? Absolutely. And, uh, and what, how it, how it applies to training. Sure. So one of the hardest things to do during firearms training is get, is getting people to keep their finger off the trigger until they're actually ready to employ that weapon, to discharge the weapon. Uh, and that's for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, when you were five years old and you looked up at your first James Bond poster, you know what, he's sitting there, finger on a trigger, ready to go, right? Everything that, that we learned as kids teaches us to 
do just that. If you have a hunting background, it's completely appropriate to be sitting there for a long period of time as you breathe and boom, you discharge that round five, six seconds later. In defensive shooting, what's really most um, applicable to law enforcement, that's not, that, that is absolutely not the way those weapons are employed. It's normally from the holster, we're discharging out you know, a second and a half after that weapon has been uh, brought from the holster or less. So we created a training system where we can alert the user and also alert the instructors if there's any inadvertent um, incursion in the trigger guard. And I'm gonna go into something yeah. a little more deeper after this, if you don't mind. So I'm gonna use this as a safe direction right across here. It's an inert weapon, everyone can see it. So um, if my finger were to go into the trigger guard, it's not supposed to be in there, it forces them to index along the side of the frame. We get the alarm. As you can see, we have an amber um, light that flashes for nine seconds. So you would let the instructor know where the incursion was uh, if there were multiple weapons involved in an event. Also, if the weapon is discharged, um, we also get obviously a gunshot sound and we also get a green flashing light to let those instructors know uh, which weapon was discharged. And, and a lot of times that is of interest to the instructors, which weapons were actually discharged in an event. Um, the problem with not having those type of things is as culturally, um, a lot of times there's a split between the defensive tactics room and the firearms training units. Um, so defensive tactics instructors, and I say this, many of you are my friends, so I will say this with love, everything in life gets fixed with an arm bar, right? They're fighters, um, they, their, their job is teach arrest tactics, teach them how to survive that the hand-to-hand -hand fight, um, where a lot of times there's really not as much emphasis of fixing firearms problems. The problem is the mat room, the scenario-based training that they're getting from the defensive tactics instructors, normally to a police officer once they're out in the street is actually the most relevant training they've received because the firearms training itself is so regimented and it needs to be because we don't want to kill our people in training. You do not want freewheeling firearms training, okay, with live weapons. Uh, so uh, it's normally static. We're all standing in the line, told when to draw, told how many, how many rounds we're going to discharge into targets that are faced. If someone were to turn 40, 50 degrees, it's a problem with a live weapon, it's gonna be something a range master's gonna get on right away. So our more relevant training comes out of the mat room. So we, it's the place I feel we need to catch these, um, these events early uh, and fix them because then they don't get fixed on the firing line because they don't come up because it's so regimented that it doesn't normally come up. So that's uh, our system in a nutshell and uh, uh, and we, we incorporate this with uh, X2 taser training system. We have the M4 assault rifle platform. And obviously, as you said, the popular pistols to fit all the holsters. If you don't mind, I will show one more thing. Yeah, yeah. It's right behind me. Um, very important. Um, this is just a level three holster. This happens to be a Blackhawk. We don't sell holsters. But uh, I bring this up for a reason. The level two, level three retention holsters from Safari Land and Blackhawk or in my opinion, one of the biggest advances in officer survival in the last 30 years. Uh, if that weapon is locked in and you're in a physical fight, the odds of the person fighting you getting that weapon are extremely low. I, I, unless I'm wrong with my research, there has not been an officer killed in the US from what was deemed the gun grab um, in the last eight years. So it, pretty good, now, that used to be, whether or not it was statistically high number, it was 
definitely an emotionally high number for officers very worried about losing their weapon in a fight someone else now if the weapon comes out obviously but these so if your weapon your training weapons do not model and fit these holsters you're really not training right because you're always pushing down against the retentions retentions you're not going to make so we fixed that problem all of our weapons completely fit the level two level three training holsters or i mean field holsters exactly so you're training exactly how you would fight out in the field so however the dt instructors deem that fight should go I, uh we can make that happen with these weapons so and um backing up a little bit we also changed certain things about the weapon to be within the use of force box of that police department because just because dc is doing it one way doesn't mean new york is doing it exactly the same way and the weapons need to reflect the training uh curriculum that's in those departments so we we adjust our weapons for that department to make those instructors be able to deliver the best training experience to their uh recruits and in-service officers right. yeah no I, I think it's phenomenal and, and obviously Everybody hears me say this all the time. There's no one size fits all training. And there's really, for the most part, like you were saying, every agency will have their own needs when it comes Absolutely. to training equipment. I mean, you can talk, it's probably more universal on how these, how much these are applicable. You're not gonna have 80,000 different models here. Absolutely. But yeah. I, I like the fact that you guys are, you're able to maneuver and assist agencies when they're like, hey, we love this, but can you help us here fix this? And I think that's the important thing with these companies like yours that we're saying, let's find a way to make this work for you. Absolutely, right? because the, the last people who should be telling police departments how to keep their officers alive is the people providing the equipment. The, the, the knowledge base is in their DT units, the knowledge base is in their firearms tactics units. Uh, and so when they say they want something, it's for a reason. Uh, so um, I, I have found the level of knowledge that exists in your major metropolitan police departments in the United States, in both the FTUs and DT units, to be, I, I'm going to use the word, ridiculously outstanding. I mean, if, if police departments and cities listened more to who was running their defensive tactics units and their firearms training units, we'd have a lot less problems. Absolutely. Um, everybody with ILET knows how we kind of when we pick partners and bring people in, they know we've done our due diligence on them, right? And Thank so um, I appreciate what you guys are doing for the industry, that you're creating products and training tools that are, at the end of the day, going to make it the better chance that the officer is going to go home safe to their families. Absolutely. Right? And I think, you know, when we talk mission and value statement sure. for what we do and what you do, that's a conversation we had offline. I said, Absolutely. hey, before we even jump into this, I want to make sure that we're, we're aligned with what we're trying to do. And it's, it's about helping people, helping officers. Right? Absolutely. And that's, that's the most important thing. Everything else is, is a byproduct or will, will come from, from us making sure we meet that goal. So I appreciate what you guys are doing. I'm excited to, to get home and, uh, and kind of field test and, and I love it and try to break one of your toys. Please here. break away. Send um, us to, send us to wreckage. Ex there you go. And, yeah. uh, and, and really get some, some ideas on how this can be utilized in training and, and sharing this with our instructor base. Cause it's like, Hey, listen, here's another. And like we said, this may not be the perfect tool for you. Other, you may, you Absolutely. may be using other training tools that, that will work better for you. And we're not saying switch over to this. We're saying it here is a, just a phenomenal option and addresses things like you had said that, you know, if, if I'm sitting here and we're doing something and that officer has that tendency to drop their finger inside of that trigger guard 
unintentionally because their attention is elsewhere, Absolutely. it gives them that feedback. Oh shit, like yes. I can't be doing that. I have to keep my finger along the guard, right? So Absolutely. until you go in and actually engage. address and fire and engage. Absolutely. So I think it's a phenomenal tool, brother. I appreciate you Thank so you much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you spending all this time with us and I appreciate you. One, listen to what we had and I'm looking forward to any feedback you give us. I would love for you to ruin a couple weekends of mine by telling us what you'd like to see improve because because we are listening. Yeah, we'll do our best. You guys can, where can these guys, where can people find you, man? Yeah, you find us on www.smartfirearms.us. You reach out to me directly. I answer all hate mail. I have Mike at smartfirearms.us. We love to hear good, bad, and indifferent. And uh, thank you all very much for, for listening. Thank you very much for having us on. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Join the Islet Network now. Go to islet.network. That's I-L-E-T dot network.